You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the OKC82 Podcast. Uh, this time, the Thunder won. They won their second game. This is uh, Brady Trantham. Uh, alongside Mr. Connor Ayubi, How's sitting going? sitting uh, courtside here at Chesapeake Energy Arena, lounging. The Thunder defeat the New Orleans Pelicans one fifteen to one hundred four in a game that the Thunder perpetually controlled throughout the entire game. Uh, some quick housekeeping notes before we get into some specifics. Uh, Terrence Ferguson played uh, not even six minutes today. I uh, got two fouls and then left the game, never to return. Uh, he had flu-like symptoms. And then Brandon Ingram got what appears to be a concussion. Uh, he's probably he's being reevaluated right now in the locker room. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's probably what it was, but uh, don't really know anything specific on that. But, uh, Connor, this was a game that the uh, offense and defense both came to play today. Yeah, they definitely did. It started off early, I think, with the offense especially. In the first half, the Thunder put up a solid 63 points. Uh, This was the first really game where we see them actually light it up from three. Uh, In the last one, they were pretty abysmal, shooting something under 20%, I'm pretty sure. And in this one, they topped 40%, going 15 to 37 from deep. Uh, Lots of different guys uh, contributing to that. Four threes hit for Danilo Gallinari, and three each for Chris Paul, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and Darius Baisley, who... Is actually sitting right down the row from us. Uh, maybe we can see if he can hop on in a minute. But he had a career high tonight. Big part of the big part of the reason that the offense was really clicking, especially off the bench. And then the defense was, you know, it was me- decent throughout the game. The Pelicans didn't really go off, but they were missing a few pieces. Uh, and then, but the defense did uh, come in with some clutch stops down the stretch, especially by uh, Dennis Schroeder as well as Chris Paul. So it was good to see them actually close out a game that they should have closed out because in the past they just haven't been able to do that. Yeah, I asked Billy about it in the post game, but it's not necessarily the same situation. Like the Thunder, like I said, they controlled the entire game. There was never really a point where I thought, okay, they're in danger of blowing this one. But it wasn't the same situation that we've seen this team be in in the other five games where they would uh, fight back after maybe a bad third quarter, maybe just being perpetually down the entire game. They fight back into the fourth quarter and make it a game, get themselves a position, um, put, in, put themselves in position to win the game, and they ultimately can't get over the hump. So it wasn't exactly the same, but again, you're not always going to be presented with the same situations. There's 82 games. Everything's going to be different every single night. So it, to me, it was just closer to the Golden State game, just not as uh, New Orleans is probably a little bit better than Golden yeah, State definitely, at this point. Definitely. I mean, yeah, like you said, they were they were in the lead for most of this game. They did a good job of controlling it, never really let that lead slip out of their hands. I think I think they had the lead for the entire game. But you know, there's still still some points in the fourth quarter. I don't know if I fully agree with you there where I was I was getting pretty scared that they were on the verge of blowing it. Uh, there was a couple bad plays in a row. I think a turnover and a quick foul with three or four minutes left and New Orleans cut it to like three points and I was like, oh boy, it's it's happening again. We're gonna have another competitive game that the Thunder just blow down the stretch. But thank God uh, that, that wasn't the case this time. They actually managed to close uh, on, on top of some pretty solid ISO possessions from Dennis Schroeder, some solid all-around play on the defensive end, and it, it was it was nice to see them actually get a win. And another thing that we kind of forgot to talk about right off the bat, uh, Stephen Adams misses his second consecutive game with a yep. knee contusion. Uh, Nerlens Noel got the start again tonight, which of course meant more Mike Muscala, which bless his heart, oh. 0 for 4 today. I believe Joe Masato put out the tweet during the uh, during the game 
that he's one of 18 to start the uh, start the year for the Thunder. Yeah. Um, every shot has been not forced. Every shot has been. I like that possession. It's People not aren't a, guarding him. They aren't. They aren't guarding him. They think he's going to miss, and he and he is missing. It's it's really unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, along with that, I mean, you, you've got a bench. You've got a bench distribution of you know you're you're going to have Hamadou Diallo who had a pretty much he had a good little game today. I mean, 12 points, five of 14, 0 for four from the three point line, and his last one in the uh, right corner was was a bad miss. Ooh, yeah. he, he airballed that by about five feet. We were we were watching it, and it just as soon as it was off his fingertips, you're like, oh god, that's not getting anywhere close to the rim. And that wasn't a contested three either. They're leaving him wide open. It's a similar to a, an Andre Robertson, Robertson situation that we're very used to, where teams just get to completely sag a guy off of uh, out of the corner when Hami's sitting there because he's just sh- not shown that he's at all capable of hitting those yet. Yeah, the thing about Hami, like, I just don't know if that's necessarily that should be his game just yet. Yeah, like even if he's wide open, I, I just don't know if we're there yet. Now, there's gonna be mom- there's gonna be times where you got to force feed some offense. You got to do some things that are a little bit uncomfortable. But I just don't know if we're there there yet with Hami because he can do so much outside of just being relegated to standing in the court. I just don't want him to be that next wave of Thunder wing that does that oh i i definitely agree and, and we've talked about it on previous pods where it's it's really to his advantage and the, the thunder's advantage when he's moving towards the rim you know trying to get buckets of the basket and he did do a good job of that today uh, a pretty good job finishing he had a couple of pretty monstrous dunks one of them where he came with a windmill on a fast break uh, another where he drove baseline and had an opportunity. To, it looked like he was about to like almost double clutch it and reverse it through the basket, which would have been just insane. Uh, he, he instead kind of went for this like jelly layup where he tossed it up backwards and it still went in. But I think that even when he's getting left out on the three-point line, like Brady said, you know, if, if he's not going to hit those and he hasn't shown that he's capable of them, even when he's wide open, I know you want the floor spacing, but if he can get momentum going to the rim, he's really, really tough to stop. So when guys back off of him like that, I I. Th- I think I agree. I'd like to see him just attack, attack, attack. Yeah, I, mean, I think he even had a bucket where he missed the layup. The ball like went into a spot on the floor where he just should he should not have been in position to get the ball. But he's so damn fast and so damn quick. He ran around JJ Reddit, got the rebound, and then was able to turn on a dime. Jaleel Okafor had no chance to recover, yeah. <laughs> and it just turned into an easy dunk. Which you watch that play unfold. That shouldn't have been easy at all. But that's what Hami gives the Thunder. Like he's he's such an athletic dynamo, but. Like I've been saying, like you've been saying, like Madison's been saying, which Madison's not here, if you couldn't tell. Rest she's in peace. Yeah, she's at the uh, OSU game. Uh, doing No, she's doing a good job for the <laughs> franchise. Uh, just uh, scheduling mishaps, NBA. Um, but that's what Hami gives the Thunder. Um, but like we've been saying all, all season so far, he's not just relying off his athleticism. He's doing it in, in a way where he has improved his body control he's improved his calmness on the floor in those moments where he would otherwise be erratic last year because he was a rookie not he didn't understand what he was doing he's starting to understand how to use his athleticism and that's you know this is a franchise that has thrived after off of drafting great athletes yeah and half the time more than half the time you see guys that just don't know how to utilize that athleticism into being a good basketball player because it's not easy it's not you don't see it all the time well, definitely, and I mean, it's it's kind of almost a case in point, and I don't want to, I don't want to say this is too much of a diss to Terrence Ferguson or anything, but you know, we had we had the Terrence Ferguson flu game today, which is very exciting. Uh, Two fouls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in. He was in for just over five minutes. He put up a zero, 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 all the zeros, and then two personal fouls was his only contribution. But he was a plus three, score. but plus three. So you know, <laughs> he was out there. He was out there. 
uh, didn't look terrible on defense in his five minutes and then decided, you know what, I'm just, I'm going to chalk this one up and get out. Uh, you know, I, I do think that we might be moving in the direction of seeing uh, Hamadou Diallo move into his starting spot. He's already been closing those games for the Thunder down the stretch. They like Terrence for his defensive purposes and the fact that he was a starter most of the time last year for him. But, I mean, it's it's becoming clearer and clearer pretty much every game that Hami really is that guy that Ferguson hasn't really shown he's capable of being. Whoa, 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 whoa. Am I getting ahead whoa. of Whoa, whoa, Mr. Intern, sir. No. Um, <laughs> Everything you're saying, I, I agree with you, but this is the Thunder. They're not going to bench Terrence Ferguson unless he's injured, unless okay. you know, something drastic happens. Okay. Um, I mean, this is a franchise that started Tabo Cephalosha for James Harden. This is That's a franchise true. that started Andre Robertson. Um, you know, not necessarily over a particularly more talented player. But that, even when he's not playing that well, he's still in the lineup. Yeah. Um, the thing about the thing about what what the Thunder have now, like they've got something in Hami, and it's special off the bench. It's it's a little special. It's not completely special. This team's not going to be in the playoffs. They're not contending for a title, but what they have the potential to have something special with him off the bench. Now in the future, who knows? Who knows if Terrence Ferguson is on this team long term? Who knows at that point? But um, I just think that it's kind of interesting to think. As there's so much tomfoolery happening happening on the so court. Much. This is like the worst time. This is I picked the worst spot to start recording. Pick the people worst running around goonin. Goonin. <laughs> Look at all these oh all these Instagram folks. No, um, <laughs> what was I talking about? Hami. Yeah, I mean Hami we ain't starting. He's not gonna start, but okay. I okay. What I was trying to get to. Sure. The lineup were Gallows at the five. Oh, boy. Now, that's happened out of necessity these last two games, mainly because Steven Adams has been out. And also, in those both both of those instances where they've gone, uh, Danilo Gallinari at the five and Hami at the four and then the three-point guards, they've done it in a couple games now. It hasn't been where they're just throwing it out just to give a completely different look, but the opposite team is also matching them with a similar lineup with four guards on the court plus a, a forward playing the five. That's what yeah. they did tonight with, I think... Uh, who, Gal, uh, what's the other Italian guy's name? Melly? Yeah, Melly. Melly on the Pelicans was in at the five to face off against Gallinari. Nicolo Melly. Yeah, he's a fun player. Like, no, it, with, uh, I've never really been huge on this guy should start over this guy because really it just matters who closes, who yeah. plays the most minutes. That's what matters to me. They've got something with that lineup. And it's been, it wasn't successful in the first outing because Rodney Hood hit that corner three because Gallo didn't close out on him in yeah. time and he was wide the hell open. But tonight, it just seemed like every single time uh, Gallo um, had the ball on offense, just wide open three. And anytime you can generate wide open shots for Gallinari, it's going to be good for your offense. And that surprisingly has been tough for the Thunder. I mean, yeah. six games into the year to generate easy buckets for Gallinari. He's had to fight an ISO for a lot of his shots. He takes and, a, lot of conce- a lot of contested looks for sure. Yeah, and he told us the other day that he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like ISO ball. He, does, he likes ball movement. He likes team movement. Um, he likes to play bas- basketball the right way. And if this is the way that they have to manufacture easy open looks for Gallinari, then so be it. You can throw it out there for a few minutes and just kind of throw a monkey wrench into the game. Um, it kind of negates the whole I don't like the three-guard lineup because you've got Hami out there, and it just kind of adds this little fun wrinkle into uh, the whole offensive uh, explosion that they can have from time to time. But the other story today, Darius Baisley. Oh, boy. Three-point sniping extraordinaire yeah dude was not shy today he just let it fly like every time he let it fly nothing was really 
I didn't get the sense that he was looking for a heat check ever. I didn't get a no. sense that he was forcing bad shots. Like the 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 defense just didn't respect him. Yeah. And he's a rookie. He's this is his sixth game in the NBA. I get it. He's not shooting well from the three point line. But he let him fly, and he became the youngest Thunder player to uh, put up. I think what, what double, was the, double digits. No double one, digits. No one younger than him did, has done double. Which digits. is interesting. That is so like really. And I guess they're not going to count Kevin Durant in Seattle. Well, I I think. I, I mean, did Kevin Durant and Seattle beat that? I just thought Darius was really young for a rookie because he's like 19, but like a young yeah. 19. Yeah, he's a young 19. Yeah. So, so I guess Kevin might have just been a little bit older or they're not counting 19. the Seattle, the rookie year. Yeah, and screw Kevin. Let's erase all of his records from the book from the books anyways. Uh, Darius is the new wave. I'm, <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all on board for him uh, taking over Durant's records. Let's hope there's more of those in the future for sure. Yeah, 5 of 10, 3 of 6 from the three-point line, 17 points. And look comfortable the whole time. It's just we keep saying the same things about Hamadou Diallo, which is a good thing, and about Darius Baisley. These are, those are good things to keep saying the same thing about young players with new responsibilities, with new roles. Um, nothing looks – he never looks in over his head. He never looks rattled. Even when he's in a position on the floor where he, like, oh, I don't know what to do with the ball right here in this spot. Now, there are times – like, there was a, a few times in the first half where he had to – in the second half where he had to drive – and it looked a little bit uncomfortable, but it, it didn't ter- result in a turnover. It didn't result in a bad missed air ball brick. Yeah, I, I think for him, you know, he's got a lot of good uh, good moves in his arsenal when he's moving towards the basket, when he's got that little in-between game. Um, but there, it seems like at times he's just a little bit unsure of himself. And that was something that he talked about after the game, that Chris Paul talked about after the game, that it's really been a point of emphasis for them to encourage Darius to keep shooting, uh, especially from deep, which tonight he really, really did. Shot three of six from deep, solid looks, all of them. Uh, But moving to the rim, he still at times looks pretty uncomfortable and a little unsure of himself if he should make a move. He'll do this thing where... He's got he's got these really good first moves like his his go to move when he when he's driving at the rim is like a nice spin into it or he likes to go to the reverse but when he gets jammed up which did happen a couple of times in the second half one of them on a fast break where he just got walled up and then he stood there for like three or four seconds with the ball over his head and like I don't know what to do with it so I, I think his adaptability is something that I think is the next step that I would like to see him improve and that's where you start getting into he's a serious player off the benches when he can start making those plays on the fly as opposed to just like I'm going to go to my one move and if it doesn't work then uh, I don't know what to do and I'm going to give it to someone else because that's kind of what I'm seeing right now out of him is, is that no no fair? no it makes sense and it kind of goes into what Billy Donovan said in the post game um, he thought that he responded well to the Portland performance where Darius really didn't do much of anything good or bad he just didn't have his fingerprints on the game yeah. that much he thought he responded well today but he said the biggest test for a rookie is like okay you had a you had a really good game where you scored a lot now what now what do you do next it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be you've got a top 17 points or getting yeah. in double digits again but have positive fingerprints on the game like help the ball move uh, find the open man uh, if you've got a shot take it and if you take it hit it so it's going to be interesting to see how he bounces back against the Markel Fultz now led Orlando <laughs> Magic on Tuesday night because Fultz train the Fultz the Fultz train the hype train is uh, living right now on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if I'm fully on board with that <laughs> yet. I'm not. I'm not ready. I'm, I'm happy for Markel. I'm glad he's uh, glad he's actually able to play basketball. Uh, that's that's good to see. You know, you want to see competition around the league, but. I don't know, man. Is, is, is he, he's never going to live up to that number one pick potential, I don't think. And I hope I'm wrong, but I, I just I don't no, really if he's a, see it. Like, God forbid he's just a fine player. But, he's yeah, yeah he's not going to be, like, 
no. Jason Tatum was drafted after this guy. Yeah. That's going to be hard to swallow, but he can still be a, a contributing good player on a playoff team. That's nothing wrong with that. Oh, definitely. And it's it makes it a little bit more hard to swallow that Jason Tatum was drafted after him and the Philadelphia 76ers traded to move up to draft Markel Fultz yeah. over Jason Tatum. So, you know, it, it hasn't worked out too poorly for the Sixers. They're uh, they're the last team in the NBA right now that remains undefeated. They're at four and zero, I believe. So, you know, they've got they've got some quality pieces, anyways. But there's there's some of those draft mistakes in their past that have kind of you know left left a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth. And there was two more of them on the court tonight too. Nerlens Noel facing off against Jalil Okafor. Uh, both just ex-processed Sixers that got picked. They were before processed J- out. They were processed out, exactly. Uh, and that's what the process is all about, is getting getting a whole bunch of guys in and then figuring out what sticks. And neither of them stuck, but they both both had pretty solid games tonight facing off for two non-Philadelphia teams. And I'll repeat, Thunder fans, you don't want that. You don't no, want that. Don't. It sounds fun and sexy right yeah, now because the, the because Sixers got winning. yeah because they got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, but it, it ain't fun. Yeah, and it, it can be a very long and torturous process. Uh, the Phoenix Suns know that all too well. They've gone through about 10, 10 years of misery, and just now they're starting to look like they might be an okay team. Uh, it, it definitely sounds sexy when you look at it in in retrospect from the from the 76ers, but I promise you those uh, those Philly fans didn't didn't enjoy that very much while it was going on. <laughs> Uh, is it was was today the first good Chris Paul game? Ah, uh, I mean, he was. I would say this would this could have been his best game. I wouldn't say they that, didn't necessarily need him, and Dennis no. Schroeder took them home. SGA was SGA led the team, and we'll get to him. He led the team in scoring with twenty three points. But Chris yep. Paul, fifteen points, nine assists, a yep. five of nine from the floor, which was you know three of five from the three point line. It just he, he seemed like he didn't force anything. Yes. He looked like he was doing some Chris Paul things, you know, especially in the mid-range. He even hit a successful lob to Nerlens Noel. Finally. Yeah, it, it finally worked. Um, but just his ability to find and gener- find open guys and generate good looks for his guys. This was the first game where yeah. I actually saw it more than once. No, definitely. I think Chris Paul was, uh, he was, he was solid tonight for sure. Uh, like you said, f- 15 points and, and uh, nine assists on pretty solid shooting is a good night for him. Um, I really liked what I saw, especially that lob play. Nerlens Noel went up and looked like a retro DeAndre Jordan or a Clint Capella that Chris Paul has been used to for the last few years. Tyson Chandler, if you want to go all the way back to the Hornets days. But, yeah, he was definitely just all around involved in the game more. I didn't feel like he, at, at times in previous games, he sort of, uh, tried to make a flashy pass, and then once it's gone, it's gone, and now it's in someone else's hand. But he he felt like he was a floor general, and that's what I like to see out of him, even if it's not big scoring numbers, uh, even if it's not bi- big-time shots down the stretch, which they didn't really need from him. He hit one big three towards the end, um, but they didn't really need that from him tonight. But I like that he had his fingerprints on the game throughout the game, and he did it consistently for all all the entire time that he was in, basically. Yeah, exactly. The, the Thunder don't need Chris Paul to score. They don't yeah. need him to fill up the stat sheet with big, fun numbers. They just need him to run the offense when he's out there. When Billy Donovan thinks, okay, we need Chris to run this offense, not Shea, not Dennis, they need him to help generate open looks for his guys, get them into good positions to succeed. And it's happened here and there, and it's been sprinkled, in my opinion, too far in between yeah. in the first five games. Today, it just seemed like from start to finish, this was about as close to a Chris Paul game 
uh, that from what I can remember, you know, over the last few years, this was the first Chris Paul game with the Thunder that I've seen. The, yeah, there was there was a few. You know, he still went to his isolation possessions where he takes a step back mid range jumper. And- Which, real quick, have you noticed at the end of the first half, he always isos and shoots a contested ice of uh, step back fadeaway three at the left elbow. Yeah, he's, he's what, done that like multiple times. Uh, that, he, he did it the third time. And yeah. I, I need to go back and watch the Utah game and, and see if there was a if that same thing had him. Um, he hit it against Golden State. I okay. can't. I don't think he hit it today, but I can't remember. Against Golden yeah. State, everybody did. Everyone hit. Everybody Terrence Ferguson had a good game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how you know Golden State's bad. And geez, they're just bad and getting worse. It's <laughs> it's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, but what what we were saying? Uh, shoot, what were we saying? We we're talking about Chris Paul. Yeah, uh, Chris good Paul. Chris Paul game. Good Chris Paul game. Exactly. You know, and it, it might be kind of disappointing to some people to hear Brady say, you know, we don't need him to be putting up the huge. Uh, stat line with gaudy assist numbers and a lot. Well, of assists points. are one thing. I'm talking purely yeah. points. Well, yeah, sure, but I- I'm saying that like in terms of putting up big box score stats will help from a fan perspective. Will really help his trade value, and maybe from an NBA GM perspective, will help his trade value. And I think that's what a lot of people want out of him right now. Is like, oh, I hope he plays well so that we can get more from him in re- in return later on down the season. But yeah, that's it's really not going to be a focus from the guys actually playing the game. They're not thinking about oh, if if, if I could get tr- if I want to get really good so that I can get traded for a good player, or and it's not something that's on Billy Donovan's mind for sure. So don't don't be too concerned if you're not seeing giant numbers from him. But even though this wasn't a big number game from him, he still had some solid play. So yeah. I, like I mean, Chris Paul. I mean, GMs they're, they're not going to care about like okay, is he hitting this amount of shots? Is he getting this many assists? GMs know what Chris Paul is. They know yeah. what type of player he is. What's going to help the Thunder's case is as we get more and more into the season, if there's a team out there that starts to disappoint and they feel like we need to we need to get a shot in the arm offensively, defensively, we need to go after a guy like Chris Paul, he would help put us over the top. That's when it will help the Thunder. Like Chris Paul's not going to do anything magical outside of um, getting hurt. Now, obviously, that's that's what the Thunder are going to have to uh, work with moving forward where we could potentially see some load management games where we could see him sitting uh, here and there. They, they've been pretty honest, uh, open and honest about, eh, we, we don't care about back-to-backs. We'll play them if they're healthy. Uh, but as we get longer into the season, that might become a factor. But, uh, yeah, first good Chris Paul game. We'll finish this one off with uh, SGA, who uh, led the team with 23 points, 8 of 14, 3 of 5 in the three-point line, uh, seven, uh, eight rebounds, excuse me, four assists. It, it makes sense, Connor. It makes sense that he's six foot six, long arms. It's a freak. It's still surprising to me how well he's rebounded. Yeah, like he is. He's averaging like seven or eight rebounds a game, and I don't know why that surprised me. I, I just didn't think of him as a, he's going to be a guy that's going to be, you know, getting a lot of boards. But if they're going to play him like off of Dennis Schroeder, off of Chris Paul, and sometimes off of both of them, he's going to be in positions to use his length on the boards, and it's really helped out the Thunder in some cases, especially no Stephen Adams these last two games, and New Orleans killed Oklahoma City in the middle part of the game on the glass. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, these these seven, eight rebound games for Shea Gildas-Alexander aren't aren't Russell Westbrook rebound games where, you know, people like to complain about he's getting box outs for Steven Adams and running him out and padding his stats and all that. He's, yeah, now he's, it's just Nerlens Noel. He's just boxing out for him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Nerlens Noel's job now. Uh, but, yeah, Shea, Shea gets in there. He mixes it up inside, and it's it's been really good to see. And then, you know, 
obviously the scoring is, uh, is, is the key for him, but he, he mixes it up in some different ways. And it was a point that I made earlier uh, in the season and during preseason a little bit that I was worried about his uh, distribution a little bit. I felt like he wasn't as focused on creating for teammates, but even though he hasn't had any insane assist numbers, he had four of them tonight, he has looked a lot better in terms of moving and creating and uh, getting, getting looks for his, his teammates. So I, I've liked that improvement as well. Yeah, and tonight was the or today, this afternoon, it was four o'clock tip off. Four o'clock. I don't know what we call that. I really uh, don't. Um, I believe this was the first time where we saw Shea out there by himself. No Chris Paul, no Dennis Schroeder. He was out there for, I believe it was in the second quarter. He was out there by himself. Yeah. And I think it may have happened like once before, I think in the Portland game, but it's been very, very minimal. He's, he's almost always on there with either DS or Chris Paul. And I wonder if that's something that we see moving forward as Shea gets more comfortable in the offense, as Billy gets more comfortable with, okay, I, can, I know I can rely on him to allow Dennis and Chris to get a breather because there are going to be times where, you know, maybe Dennis – is having a run like he's been having these last few games where he's clearly one of the Thunder's best players, one of their better scorers. But then Chris also needs a breath. I've got to sit them both at some point. i got to be able to rely on Shea Gildas-Alexander. I have been advocating for, like, that just needs to be the case. Like, whether you fully are 100% confident he can do it or not, I think he can. I think he's good enough. But it was uh, interesting to see that he was out there by himself today. Yeah, definitely. And to be honest, I think it, it might not be as big of a deal for him to be out there by himself as maybe we thought it was. Obviously, you want to see him in that point guard role because that's what he supposedly is going to be down the road for the Thunder is you want to develop him into your all-star point guard. Um, but I think that even when he's on the court by himself without DS and Chris Paul, at least in this game, it's been a small sample size we haven't gotten to really see, but he's still mostly playing uh, as an off-ball guy. Uh, in that few-minute stretch that we saw today with, with no Chris Paul or Dennis Schroeder, um, he really actually almost looked less ball-dominant than he did in the first half when he was playing with those guys. And early on in the game, he was phenomenal. He was uh, creating his own looks with ease, uh, taking some good-looking threes, missed, uh, missed a few of them, but ended up, I think, three for five, and then getting to the rim with his scoop shots. And he wasn't quite as active in the mid-range uh, tonight. I think he hit one nice little step back fall away which he tends to do at least one of those per game sometimes more but still doing a really good job of getting to the rim and it and it helps when you're not having when you're having to face Jalil Okafor instead of uh, Rudy Gobert and some of the other guys that they've gone against Deshaun Whiteside in the Portland game it, it, it makes it a little bit easier when Jaws down there I think yeah <laughs> bless his heart yeah <laughs> he's trying he's trying uh Thunder fans if you are one of those people that are maybe on the fence about the whole future concept of this team, the reposition, replenish. I mean, this is going to be a game that we might have to keep reminding you of in terms of getting excited for the future or reminding you that during the dog days of this season when they lose, you know, maybe five, six, seven games in a row, which could potentially happen, that it's supposed to be for a a long-term better cause. Today was a good example because you've got SGA with 23 points. You've got Hamadou Diallo with 12 points. You've got Darius Baisley with, with his now career-high 17 points. This was a good show-out game for the young guys. Yeah, absolutely. The, the young guys looked really solid, and that's mostly what we, we, we want to see. 
Um, I do think that the Thunder as a whole do a really good job of prioritizing those young guys uh, getting activity on ball throughout the, especially the early part of the game. Um, Dennis Schroeder's been taking a lot of shots for them night in and night out. Uh, he put up 17 tonight, which led the team. But for the most part, the offense seems to go through Shea early on. Hami's getting a lot of looks. In this game, Darius was willing to take the shots, and when he's willing to take the shots, they will feed him and get him those looks, and he put up 10 of them tonight. And then uh, Danilo and Chris Paul kind of take a backseat. Well, they'll, they'll step in and get a bucket for you, step in and get a bucket for you, try and Chris Paul's helping and creating throughout. And then it's not really until the end of the game when they go towards those veterans and really lean on them for scoring down the stretch. So I, I like that they're prioritizing the young guys getting their looks early uh, and then you know worrying about winning at the end, especially when you try and get the more experienced guys taking the big shots. And uh, it worked out for them tonight. It was, it was uh, pretty good to see. And in terms of long-term vision, uh, there, there will definitely be some tough losses this season. Uh, but this is a nice little stretch of four games. They played uh, you know, against the Pelicans tonight. They've got the Orlando Magic on Tuesday. San Antonio Spurs will be a tougher matchup later in the week. And then next Saturday, they're facing the Warriors again, which should be very fun. Hopefully, we might no have another. Steph, no Steph Curry this time. Likely My no Draymond God. Green or My D'Lo. God. We might have another Terrence Ferguson breakout game, <laughs> which uh, uh, Terrence had the flu that day. He'd actually have a Michael Jordan flu game. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm good. I'll, I want to come out and play. Yeah, I'll, I'll play. <laughs> We're playing the Warriors. I'll stay in. It'll, it's fine. I can play through this. So, you know, it's, it's fun to see. And this this light schedule for the next week should be a, a fun set of Thunder games. So come out and support. <laughs> I mean, this, this game was a good little compass of where the Thunder are in terms of the Western Conference. Because, yeah. look, look, New Orleans doesn't have Zion. Um, they also didn't have Derek Favors today, and especially no Etwan Moore. He didn't play today. A former out for most of the game. Former Thunder killer Etwan Moore, I might add. And yeah. yes, Brandon Egram had that con- uh, potential concussion at some point in the second quarter. Um, I don't know if it would have been. I mean, he might have been able to catch fire. He's the type of player that can catch fire like at a, in an instant. So maybe he could have helped. I, I just the way the game was going, I didn't sense that that was going to be the case. Um, but anyway. Uh, this was just a good compass for where the Thunder are because you had, I think, coming into the game, coming into the game, the Thunder were second to last in the Western Conference, just above Sacramento. Um, this just kind of proves, yeah, the Thunder aren't going to be contending for much of anything, but they're way too talented to be terrible. They're way too talented to be the Phoenix Suns of the not not this current Phoenix Suns iteration. <laughs> I mean, mad respect to the Phoenix Suns organization. Um, especially you, Connor, since oh, uh, did thanks. you have something to do with this? Oh, did I? Uh, nah, maybe a little bit. I, I helped out with some, some Phoenix Sun stuff over the summer with their draft preparation. Don't be humble. Well, I, t- I was not the one that recommended they pick Cameron Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, ad- I'll admit that. Uh, so it wasn't like I was had my hand in it, but I'm, I'm pretty proud that my sons are, uh, are doing pretty nice. I, I love the Phoenix Sun shout-out. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my Steve Nash socks right now, actually. Oh, yeah. Does that make me a... A bad Thunder reporter to be wearing opposing opposing teams to the game. Well, don't is be, that okay? Well, don't be like me. Like I didn't even realize this, but uh, for the Memphis Grizzly uh, preseason game a few weeks ago, I walked into the arena and it's preseason. And I, I say this now because I say this now, knowing full well that I'm not dressed up anyway. That's fine. I, I had a long day and I had a radio show. So. All good. Um, but that day, I just kind of wore I wore a backwards cap. 
and it was a Vancouver Vancouver Grizzlies <laughs> hat, and I didn't realize it until I'd already got through security and uh, went downstairs. And I looked, I was looked in the mirror in the bathroom. And I was like, "Oh shit!" I, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not a Memphis Grizzlies fan at all. Yeah, um, I just like I like the colors, I like Vancouver. That's a good look. It's the, worth, the, it's, they have some nice throwback gear. The Grizzlies do the, from Vancouver. Are, yeah, they are they using Vancouver's throwbacks? They are. This is the first year that they've done it. It's a little. Oh, uh, thank God. A little bit, a little bit scary, a little bit controversial, but the the uniforms are nice, so I'm I'm happy with it. Shout out John ja Morant, you're gonna look cool in them. Ja. Alrighty, well, um, yeah, one fifteen, one and four, the Thunder win. They are now two and four on the year. Uh, no practice tomorrow, so there'll be no need for Brady to drive all the way from Norman all the way up to Britain and Broadway. Just to tweet the, out that Andre Ro- Robertson is out again. Yeah, <laughs> and just so everyone can be like, Brady, stop telling us or stop asking about Andre. They know. God. He's not playing. Return to load management or return oh to play management. I can't believe they just invented that whole term. Like that, that that's... They invented uh, whatever, like high, like minister of foresight and insight oh, yeah. or Foresi- whatever. Inside of foresight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> director of foresight and insight. Oh, man. They, they're, they're all over the place. See, they, they knew well before that Paul George was going to request a trade because they had a foresight guy. They had a foresight. So they, they could read the future, and that's how they got in such a good position to trade him for a huge haul of draft picks. So, so it, I've it seen exactly like they foresaw. Yeah, they, they did their homework when SGA was at Kentucky because they knew they were going to get him. Exactly. So, shout out. Um, well, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us uh, on the floor of the Chesapeake Energy Arena where the Thunder just won their second game of the year, 115-104. to um, Once again, shout out to Madison Morris, who's doing a good job for Miss us. you. In, Miss you, Madison. In, uh, in Stillwater, doing a wonderful job. She will be back Tuesday, Monday, probably for practice Tuesday for the Magic game. Hopefully there's some magic that night because uh, these early these early in the season games, they're, they can be kind of boring. Come on. A little boring. Come on, man. It's it's all about your mindset, guys. Come out to the Thunder game, support. There's plenty of seats available. That's true. (laughs) It was was not not full like we've been used to for the past decade, but there were some loud moments. There were some loud moments where people people got into the game. There was some excitement. So, you know, Loud City can still get up a little bit. It's it's not the worst thing in the world. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the OKC82 podcast. Don't forget to leave a rating or a review or anything else like that. It'd make me smile. It'd make Connor smile. It'd make Madison not destroy Coat Rack, and that's what's important here. (laughs) So uh, for everybody, the franchise, and Mr. Connor Ayubi, this is Brady Trantham. Y'all have a good rest of your day.